0: I'd rather have the challenges with really good, tough, hard-nosed players than not have the challenges without those characteristics.
1: Today on the podcast, we get to speak with an Illinois native and currently the head coach at Florida Atlantic University. Coach Dusty May started as a student manager at Indiana University under coach Bob Knight until 2000 where he then went on to take on a video and administrative roles at USC and Indiana before landing his first assistant job at Eastern Michigan while also finding assistant roles at Murray State, UAB, Louisiana Tech, as well as Florida. Following his three years at Florida, he landed the head coaching job at Florida Atlantic, where he most recently helped lead FAU to their greatest season in school history in the 22-23 campaign, leading the charge into the final four. We are excited to formally introduce Coach Dusty May. Video analysis is expensive, and I'm sure your budget isn't getting much bigger. Fulcrum Tech is here to help. Used by basketball teams at all levels, from D1, D2, D3, all the way to high school. Their Angles product is similar to what you know and allows you to code, capture, and analyze with ease. All you have to do is import the raw video and synergy with just the click of a mouse. Over the past two years, over 60% of their D1 teams and conferences, such as the SEC, Pac-12, American, A10, or even the MVC, just to name a few, have made the postseason. All this while saving thousands and thousands of dollars a year compared to their old company. Because let's be honest, who doesn't want to save more money? All you have to do is reach out to at Fulcrum Tech on Twitter or reach out to their sales at sales at fulcrumtech.com via email and be sure to mention if you are a rising coaches member or the Rising Coaches podcast. Do more, spend less with Fulcrum Tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rising Coaches podcast. I'm your host, Doug Caputo, alongside your co-host here, Alan Major, and we have a very well-known guest today on the podcast today, especially after this previous year, because we are excited to introduce the current head coach at Florida Atlantic University, Coach Dusty May. Coach Dusty, welcome to the Rising Coaches podcast. How are we doing?
0: Hey, I'm doing great, guys. I appreciate you having me on. You got it, brother. Great to see you. Likewise. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So what we're going to do, give you kind of a quick rundown real quick. We're going to talk a little bit about your journey. Um, I know you ended up starting as a manager, going to a head coach. We'll talk a little bit about that journey. We'll talk a little bit about just kind of this past season, you know, the experiences and, and so on. And then we'll get into a quick segment at the very end we like to have, which is the three quick hitters, just three kind of Quick personal questions, nothing nothing too drastic, but kind of circling back to the journey. So like I mentioned, you started as a manager, ultimately grew to be a head coach, and just
0: kind of give us a little insight. Talk about that that uh, journey. Well, that was a long winding road uh, to go from from where I was, and obviously it's a dream, but you, you don't really know if it's ever going to happen, or in my case, I didn't really care if it was going to happen. I, I love just being in the game. Being able to go to the gym every day, be able to go in and, and and learn and meet new people and travel the way we do. So, you know, obviously it was something I wanted to do. So it, it was uh, a lot of ups and downs, but uh, very grateful that, that I was able to stay the course because I got very fortunate uh, to be able to get this job and then uh, got the right people in the program. And it's been a blast.
2: Share some of the ups and downs, Dusty, because I, I, I'm i I'm gang manager, too. You know, I was at Purdue with Gene Katie. And when you start off there, you're right, man, like just the fact that you can be in that setting every day, and you have no idea what direction it's going, you know, like, but you know what I mean? Like, but you're just so happy to be a part of a program, especially you were at Indiana, share just some of that, you know, the, the highs and lows, or maybe the some of the what ifs, you know what I mean, that you go through.
0: Yeah, well, my intentions uh, going to Indiana, I played division two one year and and decided that wasn't going to get me where I wanted to be. And And where I wanted to be was a, a high school coach in Indiana. It was it was that simple. And mm-hmm. I went to IU with with that as my goal. And I was it's my probably my second year there. And when I found out that coaching college was even an option for me, no one in my family had ever played ball. Uh, mm-hmm. basketball. And there, you know, I grew up just my, really my mom. And uh, I just fell in love with the game and wanted to be a high school coach and impact coaches the way mine did me. So it, yeah. it wasn't as if this was like this dream I had since I was 13, it, it more or less just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that entire experience, it, it's so humbling as a college player to there's on TV or whatever else to, to be mopping up sweat and doing all the things that no one else wants right. to do. Uh, exactly. but I was proud to do it, it to me it was a badge of honor that I'll do anything and everything to to serve and help other people and and there's nothing uh, no job too small and I actually enjoyed. Uh, doing the smaller job as a blue collar guy. But, you know, my my first piece of heartbreak happened o- almost initially after graduating. I uh, verbally agreed to a position at Southern California on staff as a director of operations under Henry Bibby. And there was a bump in the road in, in May. I, I was going to finish a class and head out. And uh, something happened where uh, after I'd agreed to take the job, they moved in another direction. Uh, with Mm. with the guy that was involved with the recruit. So for four months I was stuck in limbo and I thought I was gonna go be a GA. I was gonna be a volunteer GA in Memphis. And then Coach Knight stepped up when he found that out and said that that he would take care of my apartment and and tuition if I wanted to come back to Indiana and and do that instead. And so I was in the process of actually coming back to Bloomington when the job at Southern Cal opened again in August. And and at this point, uh, after I accepted the job, I I landed back in Indiana and I uh, went and told uh, my grandmother and mother goodbye, essentially, and drove straight to Phoenix 24 straight hours slept uh, <laughs> at my now wife's aunt. A lot of conveni-
2: a lot of convenience stores <laughs> in between. Man. Hey, a, lot of, a, lot hours.
0: a lot of big yeah. big a lot of big gulps and slurpees, man. There's some energy drinks in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> this is pre-energy drink. Back then it was like uh, the the, 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 the no dose pill bottles and then coffee and and I I swear I was driving uh, on, through uh, New Mexico, and and if you guys have ever seen New Mexico on on some of those desolate interstate miles, it looks like Mars. And yes. I swear I saw coyotes crossing the street. There wasn't anything there, but I was hallucinating. It was it was so orange, long and orange
2: orange dirt. <laughs> yes, a lot of gorgeous
0: <laughs> red dirt. So you know, I, I I I don't think Coach Bibby was anticipating me getting there that quickly, but I was determined to not let him change his mind again, and, sure. and so. Uh, I, I essentially moved in uh, to a, a hotel for a week or two, whatever they gave me. And then I lived in the office to save money for about a month. And then one of the assistants said, hey, you can sleep on, on the couch in my basement or on my lower level. So I moved wow. in with him for a couple of weeks and so just tried to make it work. And uh, that was – so I, I, uh, yeah, I experienced that failure of what am I going to do now immediately mm-hmm. after graduating.
1: Sure. And then
0: from there, I really had uh, a good I had a great experience there. And then Mike Davis got the job as an administrative spot. And he bumped me up my second and third years onto the road. We made the NIT and the administration essentially forced him to bump me back down so he could hire a former head coach in that position. Wow. And so I went from thinking I'm a assistant coach in Indiana at 25 where they're getting ready to write an article in the paper to, well, let's pump our brakes. Right. Uh, and and, right. and with that, I had two young kids. I had two babies at the time. And, and you think you're going to make X amount of dollars and you're making about
1: 10% oh, of that
0: where yeah. you were before. So, oh, right. you know, I experienced a lot of heartache early, but i it also made me appreciate the, the journey and how difficult it is. And sometimes things are just out of your control. For sure. Um, but by coach Davis having to do certain things, I ended up just saying, you know what? I need to go out and learn how to coach and, and teach and recruit mm-hmm. better. And so I, that I was fortunate enough to get on the road at Eastern Michigan at maybe 20, maybe 27. Mm. And so from then on, I really didn't have a lot of heartbreak other than we got let go at Louisiana Tech under carry up after our second year. We'd had a really good year.
2: yeah. And then yeah. In
0: year year two, we started off strong. And then just it was kind of a house of cards at that point with uh, we just had some, uh, I guess, some character issues and some bad luck. And then they mm-hmm. let us go. And there's the biggest break of my career when Coach Rupp got let go. And and, and Mike White uh, hired me at, at, at La Tech. And obviously we, we all know. The the impact he's had on me and in college basketball as a whole. So each time I I, I faced some heartache and rejection, I, I landed on my feet and, and ended up at a better spot.
2: Yeah, well that's incredible, man. I mean I, that's I I think um, the beauty of this platform is there's so many guys that and God bless them, and, I, and I, it's really important. You know you wanna you wanna move right, like you wanna you know that's the kind of the whole thing, rising coaches guys want to move forward in the profession, but there's also that understanding, like, hey, it may not go how you want it to go or as fast as you want it to go. And you do need to maintain that appreciation of like, hey, you know what? Don't forget to bloom where you're you're planted in the meantime and, and max out the situation that you're in. And sometimes that next thing kind of slaps you in the face if you just focus on where you are. So um that 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 whole message, man, that was incredible. So appreciate well, you sharing what, it,
0: that. Even with that said, Coach, that uh, when I did get bumped back down, mm-hmm. it was so Carrie Ker- Rupp could be an assistant and Donnie Marsh. They were two former head coaches, and, yeah. and I can't I can't thank those guys enough for how much I learned and grew under them. And it ended up being the best thing for me long term. Where exactly, if I would have been in that position, I wouldn't have been as hungry to learn and grow. So even the the, the heartache turned into really great experiences. And I think that's one of the problems with, with, you know, I was really ambitious when I was young as, mm-hmm. as with young guys, they're so ambitious that sometimes they're not learning everything they need to be able to do when they do get the job. Exactly. And therefore, when you get yeah. it, you're probably not ready. And therefore you usually only get one opportunity. I was well aware when I took this job, this pro- if this doesn't go well, this will probably be the only one I ever get Yeah. unless I want to go back to high school or lower level. And, and I was, I was fine with that as well. I've always just wanted to coach ball. I I wasn't ever obsessed with the level. Yeah.
1: I find that so interesting, and and that honestly, I feel like a lot of people who at the lower tier, because I'm a Division three college basketball, and it's just like people with the, just just hearing you say you you wanted to do high school, you had no ambitions to be a head coach, and now you're running this program that you end up making it to Houston in uh in one of the top couple of years. That, that's amazing, and just how how things go, but just like i know you mentioned a couple you said your mom was one of the big ones that kind of helped you push into it but just like some of the mentors some of the people who inspired you to not only be a coach but just kind of help bring you up um around
0: there's so many obviously my mom was a single mother that worked went to night school and got her degree at night so it was you know her work ethic and, and everything she sacrificed was obviously extremely admirable and I owe everything to her. But my high school coaches, my high school varsity coach, my eighth grade coach, who ended up being the, the varsity assistant, those guys, they, they impacted me every day. I spent more time with those guys and my teammates than I did anyone else. And so mm-hmm. that's that's who I wanted to emulate. That's who I wanted to be like. And then um, coincidentally, I did yard work and landscaping and, and everything for this guy in Bloomington. Uh, that my mom worked in the same office with. And he was actually one of the the first males to kind of tell me, hey, Dusty, you can get out of Greenfield, you can go do more. You can do whatever you want to do. Don't feel like you just have to stay in this uh, in in this whatever it is that you're in this yeah. um, this place this spot mm-hmm. this whatever your, your notch in society is you you could go do more like you you've got a lot in you so that was the first time where I had enough confidence to think you know what like I could go do something other than what everyone else is doing here because in the town I grew up in we we thought you know we thought teachers were were you know that and I, and I, I still do those are the people that we only oh. really grew up respecting
2: superstars yeah
0: no doubt yeah. And so yeah, that was, you know, there's a, a couple big houses in, in the area, and they were the insurance agents or the, the one doctors.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know any Good better. Day. So it,
0: for him to oh, tell, yeah. to give me confidence, and at that point, I would jump on a plane at whatever. 20 and go spend a three weeks in California, be bopping around working basketball camps just to learn yep. and grow and, and meet people. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's those life experiences that, you know, that, that change and shape us. And, and even a couple of times, you know, I had a real Southern twang and I talked like a country kid and a couple of the older managers were like, "Dude, where are you from?" Like, <laughs> and, and, and I'm not gonna lie; it, it hurts your feelings. But at that point, I was like, "You know what? My accent, my the way I speak, is getting in the way of me chasing this goal." And so, even the the self awareness part of trying to get better and, and fix certain things. But so even even through that, I knew that uh, if I wanted to eventually be in this spot, then then I couldn't uh, walk around sounding like a, a guy from Greene County, Indiana. <laughs> I
2: got one for you, Dusty, because you just made me think of something. And I, I always I'm curious about this question. You know, I know you never had head coaching out there as like that thing, you know, like you just enjoying one journey to the next. But was there a time or a moment where you're like, you know what? I think I have a chance to be a head coach someday. Like, you know, and maybe it's not. Like angels singing from the heavens or anything, but like, was there a time along the way where you said, "You know what? I I think I might have a chance to do that."
0: You know, it, it came in, in baby steps. Where it, mm-hmm. I, I think it began, where I was always just trying to find a role or a niche on a staff when I was young. So. Yeah. If there were older coaches, then I tried to really dive into being in the gym, being around the guys and being that player development role. Mm-hmm. If I was with a younger guy, I took on more of the, the older mentorship, you know, just I was just trying to figure out what the staff needed exactly. and then fill that role. So I was never stepping on anyone's toes. If I worked with a couple of great experienced recruiters, I just kind of recruited in the periphery and yeah. had guys ready in case we missed on our priority guys. And then other sure. staffs that I had to carry a heavier load with recruiting. So I had to work a lot harder at it. And so I think the moment was, you know, when when you work for a guy like Kerry Rupp and Mike Davis gave me, uh, he gave me, I guess, a little bit of responsibility. He ran the offense and, and Coach Marsh ran the defense, but he would give me basically the, the run the offense with the reserves. And I did a lot mm-hmm. of the scouting. So yeah. that was my first time where I had a, a little more autonomy. And then Coach mm-hmm. Rupp is a he's a teacher and a basketball encyclopedia. So I figured. Working for him, I had the answers to everything. Yeah. I didn't know if when to apply them or how to apply them, but I knew that, that I had the the answers because he studied the game for so long. And then working with Coach White, he really challenged me to think like a head coach every day. Yeah, he he expressed his insecurities, his ups downs, everything he was thinking as a head coach. He shared. Wow. with us. So we were able to think about it. And I know yeah. I've tried to do the same thing with our staff to share that, man, we none of us are invincible. We, you know, at no point do I ever feel like I have all the answers, but yeah. I do, I'm, I'm chasing them every single day and I'm going to try to find them, but, um, it's a group effort. We all have our things and, and mm-hmm. I need, I need their help every single day, uh, to overcome my, my weaknesses. And then, uh, hopefully they can accentuate my strengths.
1: And now let, we're going to cut a little bit into how I mentioned, like, this this past year. So, obviously, you've been a head coach, but you've been there for now about, like, five, six years. Just um,
0: finished year five, yes. Year five, <laughs>
1: yeah, and going into six. And posted a one hundred one sixty record overall. And, I mean, just kind of looking over the past couple of years, I was looking prior to – and, I mean, you were posting roughly at about like almost 50-50. It was like, well, you were positive, so I'll, I, I don't mean to slap you. Um, but it was like 17-15, 17-16 roughly. And then this past year, you guys just blossomed to 35-4, and four, uh, made it to the final four, and then just, you know, really blew everybody out of the water that nobody was anticipating. Talk a little bit about just kind of this past experience and and this journey this past year, really.
0: Well, it's been a unique four years where in year one, we had a really talented basketball team and we started out maybe nine and three. We beat Illinois. We beat UCF, UCF's best team when they, when they had taco fall and those guys. Mm. And then we, we lost three of our top six players to injuries within a two week span. Wow! And one of them was averaging 18 and 10. The other one was Xavier Stapleton that ended up averaging, I think 25 minutes, 25 points per 40 minutes. We had him on a minute restriction. He ended up averaging 13 points a game in about 20 minutes and then we had a freshman named Jalen Sabrie at the time that averaged 10, a six, six So we were on the on our way to having a really good first year. And the bottom fell out. And, and I think it was probably the best thing for our staff because it forced us to figure things out. We went yeah. from being one of the more talented teams on on the uh, in our league to being one of the less lesser talented teams in our league. And we just it, it made us really appreciate what guys did well as opposed mm-hmm. to what they didn't. Mm-hmm. And we had to grow and stretch and brainstorm. And so I think that year one, even though we, we, we finished just above 500, was kind of a pivotal year. And then the next two years, we were, we were rebuilding. We brought in a bunch of young kids. COVID, we lost a few of them. And then in year four, we were extremely disappointed that we won 19 games and finished second in Conference USA East because we went maybe two and 11 and won possession games. Oh, wow. And we just felt like we underachieved. At one point, we were second to last in Ken Pom's luck quotient. Everything went wrong. We invented ways to lose. And we also had <laughs> our, our now starting point guard missed the entire year with an injury. Mm. Our now combo guard missed maybe eight or 10 of the first, uh, eight, eight of the first 10 games with a foot injury. So we were playing a, a non-scholarship player, 20 minutes a game. And these were one possession games and we were finding ways to lose. So, we couldn't get over the hump, so we went into this past season extremely confident that if we, you know, I told people in house if we don't win 25 games, they should probably get rid of us. We've got a really good team, yeah. and a chance, and play a tough schedule. So, in house, we were confident. Obviously, outside, we're still telling people it, it might be another tough year. We're still young, another right. average experience. <laughs> like <two years> <laughs> so, like it's funny too, because when you when you can say that
2: in house, like you really know you're good, like yeah. you know what I mean, like that's. <laughs> We undersell just by nature anyway and hope to over deliver. Mm. But when you can kind of put that out there internally, like, yo, man, you know, we got a real shot. Like that's when you really know you got something.
0: Yeah. And and our guys, I I spoke at a clinic a year ago and I actually uh, I was going through that website and saw it and said, you know, what? I'm going to see what I said to open up. And and a one year ago, basically last week, I said, you know what? I'm really really confident going in this season. Not because we have everyone back from a 19 win team, and because two guys were injured and we added this guy, but I'm so confident right now because of how our guys work, compete on a daily basis. I've never mm-hmm. seen a, a group that enjoys working that has this type of work competitiveness, work work capacity, and also competitive spirit. Wow. And since we, you know, we are extremely confident going into this year, and for you to stand up in front of a bunch of coaches who think they might not ever win a game. Yeah, and right, that right. It, it it showed the belief in, in the guys we have. And it was more personality and tangibles than it was mm-hmm. the tangibles.
1: And I guess so like this is just kind of a question that I, I immediately thought of and I, I had to ask it. So like for again, for you guys, you made in like a, a huge leap, right? And, and made it to the final four. So this upcoming year, how do you really like in, in your players minds tell them that we're even though I'm happy with you, we're not satisfied.
0: That's our job every single day, and right. our, our our mantra is frame by frame. So, obviously, the the end goal is going to be the same, but we can't chase what we did last year. We stayed healthy for the most part. We got a lot of things go our way. We've got to go earn earn our stripes again. For sure, uh, we got to win night in night out, tough road games. You know, all the things that go into this season. We actually are considering doing some type of, of bur- burial service, a funeral on last season, right. so this team can almost just just start. And it's you know we we started out this summer with the with the mantra that it, you know it's basically ground zero. We're starting at on the ground. There's nothing you know nothing from last year is going to help us this year. Right. But we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to be mentally prepared to weather some storms. We're gonna be down ten to two or thirteen to four some games just because of the other teams are gonna have so much emotional energy oh, playing against us. Big time. So, Our challenges are going to be—they're going to be brand new. They're going to be just as difficult. But fortunately, as I've told everyone, I'd rather have the challenges with really good, tough, hard-nosed players than not have the challenges without those characteristics.
2: Yeah, for sure. No, it's a—it's a privilege when you get to that point. You know, people. You know, I know it's a probably an overused expression. You know, pressure is a privilege. But honestly, I remember just being at Ohio State. Once we had some success, you know, we'd lose, and just to see the other team jumping up and down and everything. And I literally, I was in the locker room one time. I'm like, fellas, you actually want people to be excited to beat you. Yeah. Like if they just walk off the court, if they just walk off the court, like they just went to McDonald's and got a burger and it's (laughs) no big deal. Like, you know, that's not really a reflection on where we are. (laughs) You you don't want, so, you know, if people are hyped to play you before and then if they do happen to get you, Hey, you know what? Tip your hat, but how they react when they beat you says a lot about who you are too.
0: No question. And we're excited for the opportunity. Our guys are competitors. If we wouldn't have played the schedule we're going to play, they would have been disappointed in our staff to to turn down these opportunities.
1: Yeah, for sure. No doubt. And then I guess I just had one final question for you just before we got to our final segment, really, and it was um, just just the impact. So I'm sure you probably got a lot more media around you now. Um, you probably got a lot more interest. You probably have more kids um, strongly interested. And in, in, but just just the impact that this one year has had on on the whole program as a, as a whole.
0: It, it's changed. Everyone's lives in our program for forever. I mean, yeah. it's so the the recruiting is different. We we're determined to, to continue to f- the same type of guys. Program now we can be a little more selective, and uh, the, the attention's nice. Obviously, in the NIL area, NIL era, it's great mm-hmm. because our guys can are able to capitalize now. Sure. And so the timing was perfect with that. And, and and as far as me selfishly, it's it's opened up a lot of avenues to learn and grow from really talented world-renowned people that now we have access to that we never would have before. But because of the success our group has had, mm-hmm. um, I've been able to connect with some really, really bright people that that's, that's changed the way I think. And so that's been the coolest part for me.
1: No, that's great. That's great. Well, So what we'll do is we're going to cut to a quick segment. We have th- what we call three quick hitters. It's really just kind of three more personal questions kind of off of basketball a little bit just to kind of let let people get to know you. Three quick hitters. We'll go boom, boom, boom. I'll shoot all three at you. Uh, short, brief answers. And then we'll get to our final question and then um, take it from there. But first one would be best gift you've ever received.
0: I'm extremely hard to shop for. <laughs> yeah. I literally – I don't need it. I don't need anything at all. Like I, right. yeah. I, I heard I, – I think someone tricked me when I was young. I didn't make any money. And they said uh, a, a rich man is not someone who has the most but who needs the least. Right, and I I take that to heart. So the staff actually, the staff here, we and, and these guys are like they're like family to me. They bought me some really cool gifts. They the the AirPods I have in my ears. They they bought me a pair three years ago. They bought me a, a, the AirPods Max last year. They bought me a nice backpack. Wow. Uh, we got into playing tennis together. So one year they bought me a nice tennis racket. And what? now actually, I bought them tennis rackets, and they bought me a bunch of tennis gear so I can look the part. So
1: headbands uh, <laughs> and everything. <laughs> yeah, my
0: wife, my wife, she knows me, and I tell she always buys me <laughs> little gifts that, that have sentimental value. But I tell her, please, don't buy me anything. So, yeah, I, I'm not a big stuff guy. I'm I'm more of a uh, you know. My wife's the hoarder, and I'm the the antithesis of that.
1: Okay. Favorite vacation spots.
0: Uh, that's been the the nice thing about being a head coach that we've been able to take nice mm. trips cause we can plan our schedule a little bit better. But I, I think Greece is probably the the best place that I've ever mm. been to. We loved it there. There's only a few places I, I'd like to, to go everywhere. Greece is is one of the places I would go to again. Yeah, that's, that's it for now. South of France is nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Greece as, as, as the best uh, place have I've ever vacationed.
1: Nice. That's the number one spot I want to hit. Definitely. Um and one then list, last one, one. List too. Yeah. Last one. How do you like to just spend your free time? You're away from basketball, you're away from everything. You got a couple down a couple downtime.
0: I'm a homebody, the definition of, you know, I I need to get out more. But I, I go home, I read, I enjoy watching film. I enjoy watching Netflix with my family. Uh, we play a lot of board games. I think that's probably the thing that uh if my sons are home, I have two in college and one in high school. If we're home, we're playing Catan. Uh, We're playing rummy. We're playing courthole, bocce in the backyard. We we compete, and
2: uh,
0: we're always just playing games. So my wife and I play card games. We watch Jeopardy together. So pretty simple (laughs) stuff. (laughs) As you get, you know, we I've started studying anti aging. So as you get older, you want to keep your you want to keep your brain uh, engaged in, in things that you don't typically think about. So. We're not super we're not very efficient at it. Thank God we're not taking <laughs> take, taking points away on our wrong answers. But we we, have, we we have fun with it. It makes us think and we laugh at ourselves a lot.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. No, you got to be compressed, right? I mean, yeah. seriously. Like this this deal is you know, it's it's not easy. So, uh, yeah, you got to you got to be human every now and then. There's no doubt. Hey, before I have one question for you, Dusty, before we get to the last one what's the next thing for you to just personally develop? Right. Cause even though, you know, sometimes guys get to be a head coach and they kind of, they almost forget to keep evolving and growing and learning. So, you know, is there and disclose however much or little you want, but like, what's the next thing? Like Dusty May wants to get better at blank, you know, to, 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 to continue to grow as a coach.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny that you asked that because uh, I'm obsessed with learning. I think if I was if I wasn't coaching right now, I'd probably still be studying ball and how to teach better and whatnot, just because I enjoy that part of it. And I was yeah. actually at a at a, at a practice uh, two days ago uh, with Jeff Bedzelic, a retired coach who I was oh, an yeah. MBA in college. Yeah, yeah. And we we were just sharing similarities, and it's the same thing with him where he still he goes to the library. He has to learn something every day. That or, or he just feels like he didn't get anything done mm-hmm. and that's kind of kind of how I am I've, I've really the last couple of years really dove into outside of basketball just learning and being a better teacher and a more effective communicator with our guys yeah more efficient I, and, and, and I've just recently dove into film study how to uh, teach through film better more efficiently yeah. and and I feel like we've made big strides in, in that area. Mm-hmm. And now there's a a neuroscientist on campus that's been uh, helping me out, trying to design some drills and things like that. Um, you know, as far as how the brain learns and, and and how the body moves and things like that. So it's I'm, wow. I'm at at 10% right now. Hopefully in in a year or two, I'll be at 90% of what I need to know. But it's it's I'm always curious at at how these other things affect. Um, us as coaches and as, as a, affect us as learners. So, um, yeah. the more we know about how the, the the brain works and how we learn, the better teachers we're going to be. And I've I've changed so much in every year since I've been coaching, just because I I learn new things and I think wow I can't believe I was doing that and I can't believe I didn't know this. Yeah, but it, it seems like that every year. So hopefully that means I'm I'm at least always moving in the right direction. But as far as the success change in me, I I don't feel any different at all. I'm I'm yeah. busier now for sure um, but you know i i realized that man there's great coaches great way better coaches that have done more than me i know there's better coaches than me at that that aren't at this level and and doing it at other places at small levels and i i know that just the, that so many people invested in me gave me breaks and and fortunately i was somewhat ready enough to take advantage of it it's yeah. you know, i don't think you know, I don't think I'm a better coach than, than any, anyone else. I, I do think I work harder than most, but, and that's what I love about this is, is finding different ways to help our guys.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I heard Pete Carroll say once, you know, about coaches, you know, this, it's our job to learn the learners because yeah. you got 12, 15 guys and some guys are, you know, you could walk it through on the court. They get it. You know, some guys yeah. got to come in your office and you know, you scribble it for them, they see it, they get it. Other guys physically, whatever. I mean, so each guy so – some guys can hear it and not even have to see it or do it, and then they got it. So Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And then when the, when the staff explains something to me, I have to I have to like, Hey, do you mind if I write it or do you mind if I type it? Because if you show me or tell yep. me, I'll never know it. So <laughs> no, yeah. I, I you know, and the staff gets annoyed with me. I say, do you mind if I do it while you just kind of walk me through it? Right, right. No, good, man. <laughs> for, the, for that reason, yeah. so I mean, I, I know yeah. that we all learn differently, and and uh, I, but I think the young guys don't they don't know yet that they can just say, Coach, I don't know what you're talking about right now. Yeah,
1: they get nervous
0: to say and that, and it's probably. okay. So.
2: Yeah, like the 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 neck. That's the second greatest answer. Then I got it. Is I don't know.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. one of our former former Florida players was in town the other day, and I, I usually ask those guys that have been playing pro ball for a few years, what would you tell eighteen year old Kayvon Allen, or what would you tell whatever? And he said to not be afraid to ask questions if you don't know what's going on. A lot of times yeah. when when I came in as a freshman, we had a really good team. I never wanted to ask when I didn't know something just because I was, for whatever reason, he said, I just wish I would've asked. I would've been so much further ahead.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, thank you for that answer, man. I was really curious about that. I mean, that's learning never stops. Cause yeah, once you do, it's, you might as well lay down.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My brain would go to mush anyway. I would. I would... <laughs> oh, it's always the first to go. That's yes. For
1: sure. I guess. And then the final thing that we have final question to wrap it all up. So as you know, we are rising coaches. We are trying to help people go from, you know, point A to point B and whatever that may be and learn more about the coaching industry as well. But your best piece of advice and how can coaches accomplish that best piece of advice?
0: I think you, you figure out your why, why you want to coach, and why you want to do this. And yeah. just just trust that the, the money, and, and don't get me wrong, I was never motivated by money, but I knew I needed to pay for my kids to go to college. They weren't great athletes. And I knew my wife wanted a, a nice house and whatever. But sure. just, just to do it for the right reasons and trust that if you if you're doing it for everyone else, then eventually you're gonna get to where you you're gonna you wanna get to. But even if you don't then that that ride you went on for however many years it took was still an absolute blast because of the the people and experiences that you had because once again i I don't see very many people that love going to work every day and i wake up every single morning and hopefully our staff does and our players do that's a goal of ours to make practice and, and being around the office and gym the most enjoyable part of their day and so even with sons, I tell them here's the advice I give them. Find something that is gonna make you happy every single day, where you're gonna have connection, community, and fun. Mm-hmm. And then now that I have more money, I'll help subsidize that so you don't have to do something that you don't want to do every single day. Whether you want to you sure. want to teach, you wanna join the Peace Corps, you wanna whatever you wanna do, you figure out what makes you happy and has and gives you purpose, and I'll help you with that. So it'd be the same thing that just like I tell our players, I I I talk to them just like I, I would the same advice I would give my sons and, and I believe yeah. it wholeheartedly. It's the money doesn't make you happy. It's the people you're around every day and, and the job you get to do.
2: Yeah, for sure, man. And that's a big, that's a big, a that's a big part stuff. of the big part of this platform, man, you know, is, is I think it's twofold, right? You know, we want to help coaches rise individually and, and, you know, there's a pattern that advancing and moving forward, but not to be so obsessed with that, that you skip the steps of, rising yourself in terms of developing yourself so yeah. you know we we also you know we want to help them in terms of networking piece but the other part of rising coaches is we want to rise the profession so everybody That's we cool. bring on it, you know it doesn't matter who's listening you know from youth all the way to the pros you know we we want to feed the community you know we want to feed the uh, the the profession itself so man listen uh, it's been a, a long minute since i've seen you but uh this is great to see you again and i i am so thrilled for what you've done i mean it is it's absolutely uh awesome and I, luckily i've had a chance to as an assistant be in a final four so again i i know that feeling of what that's like like you know when you walk out there on practice day and you see everybody in the stands like that's a different deal man like so Coach, is that
0: is that the moment that it that it hit different when you walk out on practice? Most most humbling
2: moment yeah. of my life because what hit me is how many guys have been able to do this and been able to do this. I don't know what that percentage was, and like literally, yeah. the, the hairs on my arm right now, literally, <laughs> are are sticking straight up like astroturf. Like I mean, yeah. it's, i I can't you know it's indescribable, but it's, it's literally one of the most humbling days of my life.
0: And I'm sure if you see anyone in that travel party that you guys, that with the Buckeyes that that went through that experience together, I'm sure you feel that same connection and bond with because of that experience for life, for absolutely for life. I mean, so, you know, that's like I said,
2: man, um, thank you. Number one, for doing this and just being so, so, you know, sharing your, your journey, but, um, just from me to you, brother, um just proud of you man i mean it's appreciate unbelievable it Means a lot. unbelievable what you've done and uh keep keep on trucking
0: definitely thank you guys i appreciate it i'm a frequent listener
1: well thank you yeah well that's it for us today with rising coaches again thank you coach may for being on the call sharing your experiences and um thanks for everybody listening today that's another episode for the rising coaches podcast i'm your host doug caputo alongside alan major and keep working and keep rising coaches Prepare your team for success this season with our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball, the official number one selling shooting machine in basketball. If you're looking to transform and focus your team's training efforts, all you have to do is mention Rising Coaches or tell them we sent you with the Rising Coaches podcast. For an additional $300 off, select Dr. Dish shooting machine. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in with us this episode. If you are not a member, want more content, or even be a potential member on our member spotlight to have your story heard, go visit risingcoaches.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Rising Coaches. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can continue to keep rising together.